0: Thank you, Pastor Tim, for leading our prayer and our worship team and you for being here and our children's team for being out there serving in the classes and our cleaning crew for getting our place ready, man, our our tech team, uh, our ushers, our our greeters, our, our security folks. Thanks to all of you who helped make this happen. Turn around and say thanks for being here today to somebody close by you this morning and welcome them and greet them if you haven't had a chance to speak to them this morning. And we start a brand new study today. And I've been blessed to be able to spend at least a couple of days with the men down at the beach on the fishing trip. And I have seen things this week. And one thing I know for sure coming out of that trip is I know better how to pray for many of you wives in this church after this weekend. I mean, whoo. And I was just kind of sitting back, taking it all in, like hiding in the corner. And you may see some photos where it looks like I might be sleeping in those pictures. It's not really what was going on. I was pretending to sleep, just soaking it all in, you know, like a secret agent, just just to know what happens with these men in this church. And I'm telling you, we had a great time. and, And I think a couple of the guys, Nate and Nick, After a four-day trip, may have slept a total of five hours uh, the whole weekend. And I I looked at a buddy of mine and, you know, I I, I just, I said to him, you know, I vaguely remember what it's like to be in my 20s after watching this cat. I mean, these guys just were nonstop. Relentless had a great time. Next year's trip, if you can at all possible, come and join us. But this morning, we kick, kick off a brand new study entitled Future World. And man, what a hot topic that is, not only in our day and time now, but it has always been something that everyone is fascinated with. What's going to happen in the future? What does the future hold and what lies ahead is always of interest, and lots of of folks have dedicated lots of time and resources trying to figure out the future, and some even paying lots of money to people who claim to be able to tell them their future. Crystal balls, tarot cards, fortune tellers, all kind of crazy stuff, horoscopes, you know, you name it. People want to know what lies ahead, what's going to happen in the days ahead. I remember being a kid. And going on uh, trips, we would either go down to uh, to Myrtle Beach or up to the mountains. Or one time when I was about 14 or so, we actually got to go down to Florida on a a vacation. And and I remember being, me and my sister, you know, being in the car with mom and dad. and, and, And there were two questions that we would like to ask. And I know you've probably never heard these questions before. But the first one was this, are we there yet? Upon which would be answered, no, we're still moving, right? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And then it would be followed up by the second most popular question well, how much longer until we get there? How many of you remember that? Now, how many of you are like me and fast forward all these years and you have some kids of your own and you're reaping what you sowed all those years ago. Whenever you take them somewhere, it's a constant, are we there yet? And if not that question, well, how much longer? You know, It's usually asking in that kind of, of tone and, and with that kind of whininess, you know, because it's just, we always want to know how much longer. And I remember there, there came a time when I actually learned to do something that that was very helpful. And that was read the signs. And then I remember there came a a, a time, it was just shortly after that, that I began to be able to understand what the signs I was reading actually meant. You, You remember that discovery in life? That you're cruising down the highway, bored out of your mind, messing with your brother or sister, starting to fight in the back, just, just trying to figure out something to do. Because that was in the day where we didn't have all this video technology and ability to watch a movie, watch Netflix, watch something you recorded, listen to your music in your iPod or iTunes or whatever you do, whatever. And we just had to make up stuff ourselves to entertain ourselves with. And that didn't always go real well. But I remember how refreshing it was to be able to understand that you saw a sign that said, Myrtle Beach, 25. And and you you knew that it didn't mean that Myrtle Beach was 25 years old. You knew that it didn't mean that Myrtle Beach was, you know, 25th ranked vacation spot in, in the world. You knew that Myrtle Beach, 25, meant that there were 25 miles. Until you get to paradise in South Carolina, right? You were close, you were almost there. Because if you had a dad like mine, every time I asked how much longer, he was like, we're almost there. didn't matter if you had just started the journey. You were 10 miles into a 200-mile trip. Yeah, we're almost there. We're close. We're close. But how close? It's an amazing thing to be able to read and understand the signs, especially the signs of Christ's return, of the future world that we all have to look forward to. The wonderful thing is that God has been kind enough to reveal the future to us, right here. We have it written down, so that we can look at it now. Some of you are automatically going to say, "Well, you're right, Pastor. It's there. I've read some of those passages. I've heard preachers preach all this stuff, but I don't fully understand all the stuff that's there." I want to make a confession to you. I don't fully understand it all either. But here's what I I know. I understand enough to know that the future is rapidly approaching. And that God has an amazing plan to get us out of here to a new heaven, a new earth, a new future, a new life that we've never even dreamed possible. We can't even begin to comprehend it. So, what we want to do in the next few weeks is unpack all that we do know and ask the Holy Spirit to teach us the things maybe that we don't know or understand as we look forward and move towards that future world. So, this morning we're going to start with the signpost that we can identify On our journey home. On April 27, 2014, a man by the name of Mark Wade and his family heard the ominous sound of tornado sirens in their town of Viola, Arkansas. Along with urgent warnings on their television set, they were getting ready to ride out the storm in their closet when a neighbor across the street yelled out to them, Come on over, we're going down into the storm cellar. Now, I mean, you understand that this is a a warning, an invitation To come to a place of safety. So Wade and his wife and three-year-old son joined ten other people and seven dogs. I mean, you got to take the dogs, right? And crowded into an underground storm shelter. When they came out a couple of hours later, their homes, all of them were completely gone. Nothing at all was left except the brick foundations. And Mr. Wade said, if we had not gone into that cellar, I don't believe any of us would be here today. What a a warning, right? What an amazing thing. And so, church, when we talk about the future world, first and foremost today as we journey into this study, I want to talk to you about the early warning systems and signs and how we need, as God's people, how many of you belong to God? He's your Heavenly Father. You've submitted and committed your life to Him. As God's people, we need to learn to discern which simply means to understand what the signs of the times are. And this is just one example of how recognizing and heeding warning signs can protect us from the destructive power of nature. From from biblical times, humans have stood in awe of the atmospheric forces that have unleashed deadly storms. The wisdom of the ancients included some, some understanding of the signs that would precede some wild and, and dangerous weather. In modern times, the devastation caused by tornadoes and hurricanes. How many of you have watched as the New Orleans and, and, and Louisiana area just were were hit so hard last week again. And other storms have motivated meteorologists to constantly improve their knowledge and tools to better predict storms that are coming. Think about it this way. In 1986, the U.S. National Weather Service issued warnings before 25% of all tornadoes that hit the U.S. with an average lead time of about five minutes. That's in 1986. Now, The lead time has increased to around 13 minutes and 75% of tornadoes are predicted accurately. To set up an effective early warning system to save lives from natural disasters, you must know the key signs of impending danger and have continuous surveillance out there available. The same is true for monitoring the days and times in which we are living in right now. And where we are on God's timeline of eternity. Have you ever thought of it in that light? That God has this master plan. That he has a beginning time for humanity. And a time when this world as we know it is going to officially end. And, And along that spectrum, along that great timeline, we right now. In the first Sunday of September, Labor Day weekend 2021, are somewhere on that timeline. But where are we? I mean, how can we know kind of the vicinity? We can't know exactly to the moment we are, yep, boop, right here. Like we can with other things. But hear me this morning, church. As God's people, because of His great love for us, Because of His truth, the Word of God that we have in our possession, and the Holy Spirit that we celebrate. We just walked through a study on the Holy Spirit the last month. We can know the season in which we are living in. And just how close we are to that future world that He's promised. So, biblical indicators for discerning the signs of the times. Let's talk about those for a few moments. Jesus— in Matthew chapter 16, if you have your Bibles, you can turn over to there. Verses 2 and 3, I'm going to read those in just a moment. But what we find here in, in chapter 16 is Jesus is doing this which he did quite often if you study his life and ministry here on this earth in the New Testament writings. He's scolding the religious leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees. Those guys that walked around with the long flowing robes and wanted everybody to, to think, man, those guys have it together and look how impressive they are. Look how much knowledge they have of Scripture and, and of God and, and our faith and all that. But as he called them on more than one occasion, they were just whitewashed tombs. They, they had to look of godliness, but they did not know God in their hearts. And so, here's another occasion where he's scolding them for not recognizing biblical signs of the momentous times that they were living in 2,000 plus years ago. The Pharisees and Sadducees were testing Jesus and asking him to show them a sign or a miracle from heaven. They hated him. You've got to keep that in mind. And they were always trying to trip him up or catch him in a sin. So, in reply, Jesus contrasted their knowledge of the weather with their understanding of prophecy. And here's what he said. Hey, guys, when it's evening, you say it's going to be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and threatening. And then here's what he tells them. Hypocrites! With an exclamation point. That tells us he was pretty serious about this proclamation of, of who they were. He said, hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, to tell what the weather is, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. What a rebuke. And at the same time, what a challenge. Because we must make sure that we are awake and aware here 2,000 plus years later after Jesus calls them out on knowing what the weather is going to be. How many of you have the weather app on your phone? It makes it pretty easy. What's it going to be tomorrow? We might want to have a picnic. We might want to go out to the zoo. I want to see if the weather's going to be good. It's going to be bad. Well, I do something inside. Whether I do something outside, is it going to rain next weekend? You know. And now they have you know five day forecasts, ten day forecasts, thirty day. I mean, it's amazing. It's not always right, but they give it a shot, right? And what he's saying to them is this: You're more concerned, and you're more able to tell what the weather's going to be like tomorrow, but you cannot tell what season of life we're in on God's eternal timeline. You're a hypocrite. Listen, folks, this is, a, I think, a wake-up call for us as God's people. Because we, we are educated in a lot of areas, right? I mean, and that's not a bad thing. Please don't misunderstand me. I, I don't want us to be ignorant. I want us to, to follow our passions and, and have hobbies and, and grow in, 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 in knowledge and understanding about things around us that, that interest us. Some of you are great with gardening and planting things and growing things, and that's great. Some of you love history, and you just love to study what what happened years back and how we got to where we're at and different battles of of different wars or whatever it may be, or how how nations were formed or or whatever, and that's okay. And some of you may be weather enthusiasts, and that's not a bad thing. I, I, I watch the weather every evening and every morning. I don't know why. I just want to know whether I'm going to get wet or not, I think, is, is basically it. Or if I need a jacket or not. Amen? Pretty simple. And look look at me. Those are all okay things. It's not a, not a problem wanting to gain knowledge. But the problem comes in where we know more about those things than we know more about our God and where we're at on the e- eternal timeline. That is what Jesus is calling them out for and what he's reminding us out about in this passage. So let me ask you this. What are we better at than knowing the signs of the times that we're living in? And that's an honest evaluation question that we, I believe, all should ask ourselves. How how about us? How can we learn to discern the Bible signs of our times even better? And that's a great encouragement. So so in in that vein of thought, let's look at just for a moment, cause and effect— and Bible prophecy. A key biblical principle is cause and effect, and and that goes like this. What we reap, we have sown, right? What we sow, we're going to reap. Many passages highlight this overarching truth that obeying God will bring blessings into our lives, but disobeying His beneficial laws automatically are going to bring some type of, of curse or penalty. I mean, it started in the garden when God told uh, the first human beings, hey, don't eat of this tree. Eat of everything else. Partake of everything else in the garden. This one thing, stay away from. If you you stay away from it, you're going to be blessed by partaking of everything else. Your life is going to be full, and you're going to be just living in this paradise. But, stay away from just this one thing. Because if you dare to partake of that one thing... It's going to bring unbelievable damage to you and your future. So, we see it start right at the beginning. And, and, and Deuteronomy chapter 28 introduces us to a list of blessings with their calls. God says, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, he's talking to his people, uh, uh, Israel, to observe carefully all of my commandments, all of these blessings shall what? Come upon you. Don't you like that terminology? Blessings are going to come upon me. I'm going to stand here and and, and the blessings of God are just going to, whoop, they're going to invade my life. They're going to envelop me. They're going to come upon me and be in me and be mine. And that's what what he's promising there. If you obey the voice of the Lord and observe carefully all of his commands. But in verse 15 of Deuteronomy chapter 28, there begins a list of negative effects of disobedience. Where he he states this. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all of his commandments and his statutes, which I have commanded you today, that all of these curses are going to come upon you and overtake you. I don't like that overtaking me. How about you? I would rather the blessing and not the curse. The prize and not the penalty. Reading through this list of, of curses is a crash course in understanding the signs of the time. And increasing disobedience to God's commandments is a huge sign of trouble to come. And in case in point, Jesus points out in, in, in his, his speaking the, the example of a guy, and, and you'll probably remember his story by the name of Noah. You, you, you ever heard of that guy? What did he do? That we all seem to remember. He built an ark. Right? Because God told him some things. And at this point in time in history. In Genesis chapter 6. Here's what was going on. It, It says that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart. Were only evil continually. So Jesus makes a statement to us. And talks about as in the days of Noah. And here in Genesis 6, we see the days of Noah. That the people's hearts had turned wicked and evil. And it was just the only thing on their mind. It had captivated them. And it captured their lives to the point that they were living only for themselves. Only for wickedness, Only for evil. And that's what the world had drifted to. At this point in time in history. And Jesus is reminding us of this. And what happened was, the world, Genesis 6, 5 says, then was filled with violence as humans corrupted themselves and God's creation, as verse 11 says. And this disobedience to God, God's beneficial laws caused automatic pain and suffering to the point that God, as it is said, it it was grieved in his heart and he decided to start all over again through Noah and his family. I mean... Most of us heard that in in Sunday school. If you didn't, check it out. Genesis chapter 6. And even though from God's perspective, the storm clouds of the impending flood were obvious. But still yet, we read in in Genesis 6 that the people of Noah's day ignored Noah's warnings and lived as if nothing were wrong. You remember that part of the story? Noah building the ark, preaching to the people. I mean, and it was, it was something that, that struck curiosity. Here's this guy building this massive ship. Something that, that, that many of them were just like, what, what is this all about? Why are you building this? There's not even any water here close by. Rain, we've never had rain. We don't know what you're talking about. But Noah kept building, kept preaching. The, the Lord is, is going to send a flood on this earth. And he told me to build this ship. But no one would heed the warning, Right? No one would listen to God's truth at this juncture in history. Things had gotten so bad, everyone's hearts were calloused with sin. And that is all that drove their lives, is evil and sin and selfishness. And day after day, Noah's working, building, constructing the ark. And day after day, preaching to people, the flood's coming. Get ready. Come on board with us. There will be plenty of room. If you don't mind a few animals and a little bit of mess (laughs) that comes with a few animals, come on. You'll be saved. No one was interested. I mean, can you imagine that? And and listen to me. I I understand clearly (laughs) that, that many times the things that God says and does seem really strange. Rain. Are you kidding me? We don't even know what that is. It doesn't matter if you don't know what it is. God said it. God created the heavens and the earth. All that's in it. He created you and me. So if he says it's going to rain, guess what? It's going to rain. Ah, no. That's hogwash. It's never going to happen. Many times the things of God sounds very strange. To the point that most people are like, either I don't believe it. I don't want anything to do with it. Or I'm just not interested. I'm going down the road that I want to go down. Satisfying self. And, that, and that's good enough for me. What a sad, sad statement of what was going on at this point in history. But fast forward all these years and what do we see going on right now? Same thing. Evil. Evil. Wickedness, cold hearts, people despising God and His promise of salvation. Not only despising it, but going after it, attacking it fervently. There's such a, a vitriol hatred, just a, 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 a compassion to, to destroy, a passion to, to, to deny. Just this attack, all-out attack on everything of God. I'm telling you, that's the times that we're living in right now. And Jesus made this point in his warning to people about the signs of the end of time. Where he says again, for as in the days before the flood. Now now listen to, to his description. They were eating and drinking. They were marrying and giving in marriage. Until the day that Noah entered the ark. And listen to To this part, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Wow. The flood's coming. Get on board, save yourself, turn from your wickedness, change your life. No thanks. I try to imagine the shock and awe of when the rain started. We're watching the other week a, a, a history special on the Titanic. And, and, and watching that, yeah, just thinking to myself, what were those people who were clinging for life out on a, a lifeboat or a, a piece of debris, what were they thinking as they watched that ship go down? Out in the middle of the Atlantic, icy ocean, cold weather, just, just awful conditions. Thousands perished. What were they thinking the last moments? And they got to be thinking the same thing as, as, as these folks who had time after time, opportunity after opportunity of warning, hey, the end is coming. The flood is near. Come and get on board. Change your ways. Who were then, after denying every single invitation, We're seeing the waters rise And their hope disappearing as that ark began to sell away. Their their salvation, their way out of this mess, their lease on life was drifting away and they were drowning. Jesus says they were living life on their terms up to the last moment. When it was too late, they couldn't tell the signs. They didn't maybe want to know the signs. It's kind of like the proverbial frog in the, in the kettle that, that doesn't notice the increasing temperature until it's too late. That's the story of mankind. I mean, throughout history, we can easily become oblivious to the increasing sin around us beginning to boil over and destroy. I mean, it's easy for all of us to get caught in that pattern and mindset, right? Compromise is a a sweet-smelling sin. We let a little in and think, oh, we're going to be okay. But then the next thing you know, a little more comes in, a little more comes in, and to the point where it has overtaken us and now controls our lives. And not God. Those are things that that we deal with that we have to be aware of. Year after year, human opinions about sin have changed in our society and our world. Actions recognized as wrong in the past are increasingly accepted. Whether it's premarital sex, cheating, lying, swearing, lusting, homosexual activity. And Jesus warned that we must not fall prey to the apathy of Noah's day. So, if you're wanting to understand and read and know the signs of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, then understand and know the signs of Noah's day. The Bible tells us these things will happen signs, clear signs, that is, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be before the coming of the Son of God. There's a sign. What are some other signs of the times we're living in on our way to the future world? Jesus defined the end times as the period when human survival would again be on the line in Matthew 24, verses 21 and 22. In the same prophecy, he also listed many other signs to watch. In Matthew 24, it says at verse 1 that Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see that all all these things here? Assuredly, I say to you that not one stone shall be left here upon another. And that shall not be thrown down. Verse 3, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us. Now here's where it begins right here. We've got to have a want to. We've got to want to know the sign. We've got to want to know where we're at right now on the timeline of eternity. We've got to have that hunger and desire. Just like they did here in this moment where they said, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. There's a very important warning right there. Do not be deceived. Because that's what the world system is all out gunslinging about right now for every person of humanity. Deception. You don't, you don't think that's true? Again, back to the garden. Come on, just take one bite. It's not going to hurt you. You really think God's going to follow through on that? He loved you. Go ahead. This, this fruit is, is, is good. You'll, you'll have your eyes open. Your understanding will be open. And, and it's deception, right? And it's still going on now. And that's why Jesus said very clearly, take heed that no one deceives you. And then when he follows it up in verse 5, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and then will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, earthquake, and various places. All of these are the beginnings of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You will be hated by all nations for my namesake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. And then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound. Defund the police. Get rid of authority. We want to do what we want to do. Because lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. Murder rates in this nation are through the roof. Because love is gone. Signs, church. Am I the only one getting this? Are you not getting something from this this morning? That the reality of what Jesus is speaking to these disciples right here, 2,000 plus years ago, we are living it out right now. The love of many will grow cold. Verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached where? Where? In all the world, the whole world, everyone will hear the good news of Jesus Christ throughout every part of the earth as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. And then he goes on in verse 15 and says, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place. Whoever reads, let him understand. Now, I'm going to tell you, as we wrap this up, that's quite a list of warning signs. Religious deception. Yep, that's, that's it. I mean, many roads to heaven. There is no hell. Just be a good person. You'll be okay. And on and on it goes. Yep, check. That one's there. Wars and rumors of wars. Man, there has been constant warfare for decades now. Not just a few years, but decades. And the big one is yet to come. Famines. Oh, yeah, man. People are starving to death literally around the world. P- places in the, on this earth that, that they cannot even grow food, get food, and they're, they're withering away. Pestilences. Uh, maybe not that one, right? We don't have a pandemic going on or anything right now, huh? Uh, yeah, actually, we've seen the last almost two years This thing called coronavirus, just utter devastation. Pestilences, earthquakes, verse 7. Yep, big and small, rumbling and crumbling all around us. Persecution of followers of Christ, including attacks from within the church. Yep, check and check. We're going at it like cats and dogs inside God's family and outside people are being put to death for their faith. What about Afghanistan right now? What about China right now? What about tribal places around the globe where people are dying because of their faith in Jesus Christ? Yes, persecution is here and it's going to be ratcheted up. What about lawlessness? Spoken of in verse 12. This means the rejection of the law. Man, I'm telling you. Signs signs. Everywhere is signs. What about corruption in the church? Like never before, there is so much corruption within God's family. Something is very wrong with the 21st century church. There is a lapse of morals within our walls today, and every denomination seems to be affected. Ministry scandals has seemingly become the hallmark of our day. Some now say today's church is worldly, worldlier than the world itself. Each month brings a fresh round of fallen pastors and ministers. In a recent survey of 1,000 Protestant pastors, half of them said they know a fellow pastor who should step down from the pulpit while their church investigates misconduct on their part. Historically, the church has long faced scandals, but today's church seems to be facing a moral epidemic. And how sad! That is, another sign that Jesus points to is that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world. And I'm going to tell you something. Because of faithful missionaries who have answered the call to go even into perilous places where they may not ever come out of. And said yes to God's calling on their lives to go wherever he would want to plant them around this globe. And because of the advancements of of technology and getting the word out in those ways as well, the gospel is being preached around the globe, around the world right now. What a great thing that is. And one last one where Jesus stated, Jerusalem will be surrounded with armies. You know what's happening right now in the Middle East, right? All the ingredients are coming together. The situation in Afghanistan, the Taliban revitalizing, China cozying up with them, Russia in the mix. It's all coming together to go against Israel and the U.S. So, we we see it taking place right now. And he said, they're going to be surrounded with armies and the abomination of desolation will be set up. Now you're thinking, those are bad sounding words, but what do they actually mean? This is reference to Daniel chapter 9 verse 27. Two key words in this statement by Jesus and Daniel. The abomination is something that is abhorrent or detestable to God and his people. And then you put the second part of that, desolation involves destroying and desecrating and leaving something in such horrible condition that an onlooker is left speechless when viewing that. So, when we put those words together, we learn that Daniel and Jesus were describing a foul and abhorrent thing that will horribly desecrate and devastate an area within the city of Jerusalem. And most people who are Bible prophecy experts interpret this as Jesus referring to the Antichrist himself. There it is. And it's all coming together. Folks, the warning signs that Jesus gives us right here in just this one portion of Scripture are just about all clearly in place and posted. But, but listen, as we close this out, understanding the signs of the end times is not just an intellectual exercise. It, it has to be more than just, just education. There has to come Transformation. Uh, Once we understand it, what what do we do with it? I mean, once the, the Holy Spirit teaches us the discernment of the times we are living in, the signs that are all around us, then how do we respond? What do we do with the information that we have? And so as we finish up right now, I just want to give you some practical takeaways. Because I believe in my heart of hearts that Jesus gave these signs as warnings that are intended to motivate us to change whatever needs changing in our lives. And, and there are four things I want to encourage you with as we, we have these takeaways. Number one, be wise and discerning. Matthew 24, 24, take heed that no one deceives you at all. No one. Do not be led astray. Do not let somebody swindle you out of what God has for your life. We know that in this day and time we live in, there are so many people that are out there trying to deceive and cheat and do everything they can to get money out of your pocket and into theirs, right? There is an enemy of our soul that's been at work for thousands of years, who attacked in the garden the first human beings that God created, who has not stopped and will not stop until his day comes to an end. That is trying everything he has because he knows his time is running out to deceive us. And that's why Jesus said, take heed that no one deceives you. Secondly, be faithful. Matthew 24, 45 through 47 says... Who then is a faithful and wise servant? Whom is master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find doing so. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all of his goods. A faithful steward, a faithful manager. Someone that God can entrust with all the resources of heaven that he will deposit into us because he knows that we're going to be about the Father's business and not out squandering the things that God blesses us with and trusts us with. So be faithful, church. Be faithful to God. Be faithful to his word. Be faithful to his house, to his church, to his bride, to one another, to your people in your life that need to hear about Jesus and know him personally. Be faithful in all things. Number three, be prepared. Jesus goes next in the parable of the 10 virgins. It says, Only those virgins who were prepared, who had oil in their lamps, right? The lamp was burning bright. They were ready. They were on the lookout for the bridegroom. They were prepared, they weren't caught unaware. They weren't called empty, but a number of them were in this particular parable. And afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open up to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. And he finishes this passage in Matthew 25, 11 through 13 by saying, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. But it's close. It's close. So be prepared. And then lastly, watch and pray. At the end of the Olivet, prophecy as we just walked through, Jesus said, but take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life, and that day come upon you unexpectedly. And, and for most people, I don't think it's a, a blatant, I hate God. I don't want anything to do, although there is a, a small percentage out there that seemingly is growing. But for most of us, we just kind of get caught up in the, in, the, in the swell of this life. And the, the current of life that we are living in in this day and time. And before you know it, that current, like, like at the beach and your, your kids are out there playing in the water. And, and the next thing you know, a strong kind of riptide comes. And, and you look up and they're not right in front of you anymore. Man, they're like 100 yards to your right and, and going even further down the, the ocean. That's how deceptive this world is. That's how, how easy it is to kind of get caught up in the current and apathy sets in. Jesus said, take heed to to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and the cares of this life, and that day come upon you unexpectedly. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. Wow. So, church, we are to watch not only the signs of the times— in our world's events. But, but hear me right now. We are to watch the signs of our own spiritual state. We must not be blinded by our daily cares and the stuff of this life. We need the vision to see ourselves as God sees us, to see the urgent need to repent of anything that's not right in our lives, to change and prepare for Jesus Christ's return and the great future that we have ahead of us and do all that we can. To help others to heed the warning signs and live ready for the future world that's coming. If you close your eyes for just a, a moment with me and we're going to finish this time together. And As we do, I, I just want to encourage every one of us. This is not a happy, light, joyful type of message. This is a sober warning from God himself to all of us as his people. That we wake up, that we understand, that we discern, that we, we learn and, and grow in our knowledge and wisdom of who He is, of what lies ahead, and of where we are on the timeline of eternity. That we be found faithful, that we be found diligent, that we be found working for the kingdom of God knowing that time is running out I, I picture again Noah just working away despite the criticism despite the scorning I'm sure he heard on more than one occasion you fool what we don't even know what rain is are you out of your mind look it's crazy old Noah had it again down there today just hammering away just working diligent. I'm sure he had his tough days where he hit his thumb with a hammer a time or two. That never feels good. About that time, and he did did that, and you know, one of the, the, the people walked by, just laughing and scorning, making fun, and ripping him apart. And he's probably thinking, "Really, God? Really? Is this even worth it?" And I say that because we had those days in our own lives. Trying to be diligent, trying to be faithful. Trying to live the life that Jesus Christ calls us to. Maybe we hit our thumb with a hammer a time or two, and somebody comes along and, and says something, and we get frustrated, we get we get upset, we get tired. We're running low on, on energy. We're like, really, God, is is this, is this really worth it? But I'm here to tell you this morning: the answer to that question is yes every single day. Every single time is yes. That's why the Word of God tells us clearly, do not grow weary while doing well. In due season, we will reap. Church, we're getting close. Not given a day, not given an hour, but I'm telling you this, we are getting close to the future world that our God has promised to each one of us. And we're going to unpack that more in the weeks ahead in this study. But right now, I just want to ask, if you're in here and you'd say, Pastor, pray for me. It may be that you need to understand the, the, the hour we're living in better. You've, you've kind of pushed it to the side or neglected to, to even think about it much. Some, some people are kind of afraid of it. You, we don't have to be. That's the, the beauty of it, man. This is good news for God's people. Or maybe quite possibly you've gotten caught up in the things of this world and apathy or whatever has kind of kind of torn you away from, from everything that God has for us. The life that He desires for us to live. Keeping Him first and foremost. Maybe it's a thing that you haven't really focused any at all on helping other people get prepared for what's coming I I don't know maybe it's some sin in your life that that you've struggled with over and over again but whatever it is if you're in this room and you would say pastor pray for me today I got some things I I need to hand over to the Lord to, to have some help with in my life and I just want you to remember me in this closing prayer could you just lift your hands across this room and watching right now respond let us know comment yes thank you anybody else thank you yes thank you who else who else are are going to say hey pastor don't forget me in this closing time of prayer i i have some stuff in my life i just want to surrender to christ I want to be on fire in these last days. I want to to go out with a bang. I want God to look at me and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into heaven today. It's all yours. Who, Who else says pray for me this morning, Pastor? Thank you. Yes, thank you. Could we do that right now together as a family, as many hands raised, many lives in need? And I want to ask this, that we all just stand to our feet across this room. We're going to pray, and then we're going to worship. Maybe you're in here and you need salvation. You need to surrender your life completely to Jesus Christ. And by all means, we want to see that happen right now. So whatever your need is, whatever your situation is, whatever your prayer request is, Father, right now, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. We thank you for clear signs. We thank you for you that you love us enough that you, you lead us into all truth that you reveal to us where we're at on the on the timeline of eternity. God, we, we have no secrets there. We, we are clear with what it is and where we're at. We just have to wake up and see those things. We have to be knowledgeable and understanding. We have to pour ourselves into your Word and let your Word be poured into us so that we'll know the truth and we'll set, be set free by the truth and we'll be led by the truth and we'll stand on the truth. And God, the truth will save us, God. Just as it did with Noah, it will with us, God. And God, let us wake up out of our apathy. Shake us if you have to, God. Let us drop the sinfulness behind us, Lord. Let us be done with all of that stuff that keeps us from a loving relationship with you. God, whatever it may be, if it's our neighbor that we haven't went to and said, Hey, the flood's coming. We want to help you. Get in the boat. The time is now. Whatever the case is, God. We don't want to just be educated, God. We want to be changed. We want transformation to come to our lives. We want to be last day warriors, God, who will stand strong no matter what comes at us, Lord. We want to see that future world personally, God. We want to live in the new heaven that you have for us, the new earth, God, that you're creating for us. We want all of those things that you are designing just for us, your children. So we acknowledge today, God, Any sin we repent of, cleanse us and change us, God. Any bit of lethargy and apathy, God, remove that from our lives. Light the fire in us, God, as we worship you with everything we have today. Sing it out, church.